0: Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. My daughter and co host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, is not here today because she's uh, flying in from the Compassionate Friends board meeting. And I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation as well as the Compassionate Friends. We've got a great guest today, Stephanie Champion. It's awesome having you on, Stephanie. You've done a couple of YouTubes with Open to Hope, and they're great. And hopefully people will go to those. And also, you did grief in the workplace at the Compassionate Friends National Conference last Last year. year. You studied the law. I studied
1: law in England. I worked in business in offshore shipping shipping in Cyprus. Then when my kids were born, I opened daycares because I couldn't find anywhere that was any good. You are a woman
0: who, who sets things up and, and <laughs> does things, obviously, really? and then you sold your daycares and moved to the United States. Yeah. And you're going to be a citizen on Friday, right? I certainly
1: am. I'm very happy to announce that, yes. That is,
0: that's exciting. So you're just finishing up your master's degree.
1: Yeah, I'm studying at Florida Institute of Technology. Um, I owe psychology which is psychology of the workplace mm-hmm.
0: and and which is great I, I mean your background is so awesome if I needed a psychologist in the workplace you'd be my woman because <laughs> I mean <laughs> you've kind of done it all you studied the law you you run your own businesses yeah. you have you understand laws when Andre died uh, you had two other kids Yeah, And so, you know, you've just been through a lot and you understand a lot, a lot of the challenges that people are going to have business-wise, personal-wise, and in the workplace. So uh, what's your take on it? And what what do you want people to know about the workplace?
1: I think the real main thing I want to stress to people, and I tried to say this last year at my workshop, is that I don't want people to go home and hibernate after a loss. Mm -hmm. I want you to get back into the workplace Um, Yeah, you're going to meet some problems, but you've already faced difficult times before. I want to see you back in the workplace. It might be voluntary. It might be part time. It might be community based. Anything just to stop yourself becoming isolated and losing um, your self-esteem and your confidence by being at home. Um, If you've never worked, it might be more difficult. If you have worked, it can still be difficult to go back. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Especially I hear uh, sometimes uh, they don't give people enough time away. Now, when my son was killed, I was working uh, at the University of Rochester Medical Center as a consultant to the surgical service. And my boss was so smart. She had an, I, you know, probably didn't go back for two weeks. And I had students and I was covering a whole service. She had another nurse who did nothing but follow me around. Mm -hmm. And sit with me and hang and you know you want to feel confident that's one of the problems you really want to go back and and you really, do. you
1: really do you've lost your confidence as like, a parent and, and the one thing a lot of people identify with is their role at work so if you strongly identify with the role that you're playing in the workplace you can't afford mentally emotionally to lose that
0: yeah and I, and I think it's important what you just said, mentally and emotionally. I will have to say that um, you're kind of clinging, hanging on. I had students and everything, and you're, you're really kind of holding on by your fingernails, but you really want to look like you can make it.
1: It, you do you want to look like you can make it sometimes you might have a bit of pressure from your own parents other people who want to see that you're coping because if you don't hold it together then who will so a, a lot is riding on you especially if you've got other kids or other responsibilities and you, you it's not the time to retreat on the desk and say that, even though i guess it's what we all really want to do at the beginning um those problems don't go away and what i've learned the people i've spoken to especially at the tcf conference is that a lot of people end up changing their careers and changing their workplaces um and i'm 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 all for that i'm all for retraining but i'm not into rushing for anything Mm -hmm. i want people to go back into work try and assess where they're at give themselves six months a year Try and assess, think it through. It's the hardest thing in the world to start planning again after you've lost somebody, especially losing a child. But if you, can, if you can detach yourself from your workplace in a positive way that will help you then build and further skills in the future, you will benefit in the long term and your family members will benefit.
0: You know, um, I think that's an important thing. Now, what are some of the things that I can do at work if I feel like I'm breaking down during a
1: meeting or whatever? Okay, well, first of all, I would say something that you're not going to go into the meeting blind, and then you'll suddenly burst into tears. You you will know yourself when certain things, even if it's very, very early days, and it's very raw. I think you're just going to have to feel your way and let a close friend at work try and guide you. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you're able to, you really need to identify what are the big stumbling blocks that you're going to face at work and try and think ahead a little bit. This sounds really impossible to do, but it's not. You can do it on the back of an envelope. You can say, well, I know January and July are not good months for me, I'm gonna cross them out. Mm -hmm. Just by taking a little bit back control of of your diary, your mental diary, and saying to yourself, well, I'm expecting this time of the year to be a bit rough. That time might be a bit better. Can you schedule anything around that? That's first off. Secondly, you're not gonna go into your workplace and not have thought about it. I mean, it could be something as simple as saying, do you have a colleague on a different floor of the building that you can go to, to their private office? Mm-hmm. Do you have a separate restroom that you can go to with your makeup bag? Bath restrooms are great. Seriously. I mean, last year I said myself, yeah. definitely. You have got five minutes, girl. And I timed myself. I sat on the floor and cried. Then I got up and I went yeah. back to my meeting. And you could and put some cold water on your face. So. It was on a different floor. So I felt okay. <laughs> I had a great mentor, a clinical psychologist. Very, very experienced. And when it was getting too much, I would just walk into his office and stand there. And we would just chat. If that's the word for a minute or two. And I would go back out on my day. And then maybe a week or so later when I saw him, I'd say, hey, thanks for that. He'd say, no, no problem so you need to have a little bit of an arsenal you've got to have some backup here you can't do this on your own what are the major stumbling blocks do you have any what I call your allies who do you have where are they in the building where is the private restroom in the building where can you go and get a cold drink or a hot drink little simple things that you think that's not going to help me my, my job but it will
0: yep but I think one of the things for me was some of the people that I expected to be there for me weren't Not everybody can handle grief and loss.
1: Okay, you know, your closest family and friends will say the wrong thing to us. They will not uh, react appropriately to us. So therefore we have to have zero expectations that there's people around us at work. But what we can do, we can start to maybe use a bit of psychology on them. Psychology at work, of course. So for example, with your dead child, we don't wait until the day of the anniversary that's the first time we mentioned the child, the colleagues. We already have built up, we've already discussed, there's already been photographs. We've kind of drip fed the idea that it's a really big thing for us around these dates. Mm-hmm. So people are aware and now. People are aware. I mean, you know, like where I, where I would live, you wouldn't let a child's birthday go uncelebrated. So maybe on that day, I take a box of donuts to the office. You feel you've done something. Um, and another big thing is I would tell people, don't take those yeah. days off. No, I would. Say, no, yeah, let's take you. it the whole because, day off and I can sit and stay in um, bed all day. No, because what's going to happen is you're going to walk back into work. The work will have piled up. People will think you'll have had a spa day or a holiday or something else. And you're going to walk in emotionally exhausted and they're going to think you're coming back in refreshed from your day off. Mm-hmm. So you need to sort of plan ahead what's going to work for you. Um, and... That does take a bit of trial and error. I've had a couple of guys uh,
0: say, tell me this story, how they, their kid died and they, the boss said, take off whatever time you need. And then they give him another job or their job wasn't, the same job wasn't available when they got back. And, and they're angry about it years later.
1: Yeah, this is because the the role that you're playing at work, it's, it can be very central to your identity, specifically for a man who maybe has invested many years outside the home building up a career. It goes for both sexes, but we're just talking generally here about some examples you have. Um, and this is what I, my, one of my first comments, was like, you might end up not staying in that job. You might not like your boss's attitude. You might not like the hours you have changed so fundamentally after you've gone through a loss like this and you're still changing that that job which might have fitted you perfectly five years earlier may no longer be the job for you. So don't rush it and don't, don't feel resentful that they've taken your job away from you. You're, I want people to feel like it's their life, their job, and they have the control because as soon as a person feels control back over their environment, they're going to automatically feel a little bit better.
0: Well, thank you. That's this is great advice. I love it. And thank tell you. me, um, you're going to be graduating soon and yes. you are going to be presenting at the compassionate friends. Yeah. And you're probably going to be doing a website, right?
1: Website and hopefully a book this summer after the next conference. Okay. Um, I got some good feedback last year and I want to build that into the book. So yeah, hopefully grief at work will be the well, thing.
0: You know, thank you so much for being on And And what I get from you is so much that you know you can make a life build a life don't be afraid to change don't be afraid to to do these different things It's
1: happening anyway so we may as well get on board of it
0: i love it it's happening anyway well thank you so much for being on the show and and such good advice and information and congratulations on your citizenship and i'm looking forward to seeing you at the compassionate friends national conference
1: i will be there i look forward to it thank you
0: so much yep and i want to thank everybody for uh listening and watching this show today and hopefully that you'll all come to the Compassionate Friends National Conference. And also, Heidi and I always want to leave you with the message. If you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless.
1: Beautiful. Okay, thank you.